Welcome to Uncontained, episode 149. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and on the show today, I have a fellow podcaster. He has one of the top-rated podcasts on iTunes. It's called Donnie's Success Champions, and he shares the stories of people who have overcome adversity, had to go through some crap just to laugh in its face and overcome it on the other side, come out a champion, and uh Donnie is a former U.S. Marine and also a coach, a sales coach, and uh, so much more. But he helps you you find your passion and bring out your inner badass. So there's going to be some quotable moments in this show just to, just to give you a fair warning. If you want to write them down for your own motivation, please feel free or just go back, re-listen to the episode, then uh, check out Donnie's podcast, Donnie's Success Champions, and... Uh, I'm not going to keep you waiting any longer. I'm just going to jump into this conversation. It was a blast talking to Donnie, and I am sure you will enjoy this episode as well. This is how Donnie Bovine lives uncontained. Donnie, how are you doing today, man? Man, brother, I am awesome, dude. Let me tell you, I'm actually really stoked to come on your show. I love the hell what you're doing here, man. And yeah, I love the entire title. And dude, your monkey image is just killer, man. Well done. Well done. Thank you. I actually had a friend of mine from back home in uh, Iowa. She's a tattoo artist. She drew it. And then when I moved out, I've been out here in California for a while. I had some met a friend that's an illustrator. And he colored it in to really make it pop. So that's kind of a collaboration of like friends networking and all that good stuff, Dude, you know. That's awesome. And when you get really big and famous, you know, uh, you don't have to pay royalties. So that's really awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the royalty that I'll have to pay is go to the tattoo artist and get it put on me. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a requirement from your future guest. Is all right. If you came on the show, you got to get a new monkey tattoo. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you have to go to Cedar Rapids, Iowa to do it (laughs) i like it i like it yes yes so let's get uh started talking just a little bit about you before we started rolling we talked just briefly and well anybody who listens to your show knows you are a former marine all right so um it's usually a good uh way to make an intro on me because who knows what the hell will come out of my mouth so so that's usually my precursor like when i stand in front of the rooms i'm like look I'm a former United States Marine, so profanity is going to come out of my mouth, so if you're easily <laughs> offended, earmuffs, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never know what to expect when you have a Marine talking in front of you. It could be, like, really sophisticated and classy, or it could just be, like, oh, yeah, you I'm know, the whole guy. adage of, uh, you know, curse like a sailor type thing. Right, uh, right, right. So and there's always a little sense of adventure, which is fitting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so, so, I mean, there's a little bit about me is, you know, I went into the Marine Corps right out of high school. One of those things I, I would love to say it was like that patriotic duty type thing. Yeah. Man, I didn't know what the hell I wanted to be when I grew up. So, uh, getting in a lot of trouble in high school, fights and stupid things like that. Um, you know, I, I just was completely directionless. And my older brother had gone in the Marine Corps and yeah, it was just, I, I signed up because, like I said, I didn't know what else to do. And I will tell you, I had no clue what the hell I was signing up for. Boy, did I get a culture shock when I went through. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got out of the Marine Corps in 99 and from there jumped into sales. Um, luckily, I went to work for one of my best friends and his dad in HVAC sales and uh, grew that business to a substantial business for after, uh, I don't know, a year and a half, almost two years, I think I worked for them. Okay. Was re- Recruited up to St. Louis to help with a franchise sales team up there. We grew that company from 80 to 100 million uh, in three years. Got corporate downsized in that process. Um, we were bought out by a mega Fortune One, and uh, uh, they eliminated our entire group. It was insane. Um, so, came back home to Texas. And was looking for work, couldn't find anything um, that I really wanted to do, so I went and bartended. Um, okay. Bartended for a couple years and uh, realized that I needed to grow up again, wanted to get back in corporate America type thing. So uh, 
I started talking to my regulars and, you know, I got hired out from behind the bar to go start a new sales division for a commercial printing company. Grew that one to millions of dollars, and then the 07, 08, 09 years popped in. Oh, those fun times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we went from a $40 million company to a $9 million company in about a year and a half. And Ouch. We survived the downturn, but not well. And right about the time I found out the company was being sold, um, it was going to sell for $3 million. Oh. And... <laughs> You know, uh, I wasn't going to continue to try and take that ride on. So I went from there. I went into sales training. And for the last eight years before I jumped out on my own, um, I was a national award-winning sales trainer. So I trained uh, mainly in Texas, but uh, a little bit all over the U.S., um, you know, sales to major corporations, small businesses, and really helping people get out of their way in the sales game. Um, And that was a lot of fun. It was one of the tougher sales I've ever been in, but but it was uh, very rewarding, very fulfilling. And then in you know September of 2017, I did the craziest thing in my life and jumped out of my own. You know, I, I yeah. decided I um, was tired of making other people wealthy and thought I could be a business owner. Jumped out of my own, started my own business, and man, I've been doing this ride for I don't know what year and three months now. Okay, just. Figuring things out. <laughs> so what business came first? Was it the podcasting that came first or was it the content management company that came first? Well, interestingly enough, um, those are my two main businesses now. Um, but coaching and speaking came first. And I still coach and speak. But um, I, I really out the gate thought I was going to be like the next Tony Robbins. You know, that was going to be my thing. Because in my local area, I had a pretty good brand going. I had a pretty good uh, story and I was a good sales guy and I really thought that that was going to be enough to be a business owner and uh, let me tell you it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> so for about six months I mean I really had about the six month mark running my business um, I was having conversations with my wife about shutting it all down and going back and getting another sales job because what I didn't know is I spent that entire you know, 20 years of my corporate life as an employee, and I had an employee mindset. And I was trying to do everything you did as an employee to run a business. And it was just failing horribly. Um, and it's all my fault. I mean, I just didn't know any better. And uh, literally, I was on the verge of throwing in the towel. And I had one last speaking engagement left. And I stood on stage to give that speech and a guy out of the stands came up to me and said, man, I love your message. I love what you're talking about. I love everything you do. I'd love to interview you on my podcast. And I said, what's a podcast? This was May of this year, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. And, uh, I said, you know, he walked me through and it's so funny. He told me that podcasting is basically like old time radio, but it's more about getting a message out there. I'm like, Oh, I can do that. That's an interesting description. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, how else do you describe a podcast when nobody has ever heard it before? You know, so I thought it was kind of fun. But uh, so I went on a show and we had a blast, laughed, had a great time. But after the show was over, one of his uh, fans, I guess at that point, uh, people that listened to the show reached out to me through my website and became a client. And I went, wait, I can go on podcast and find clients? I'm in. So for the next 30 days, I was on like 67 podcasts. Wow. Uh, man, if I found out you had a podcast, I was coming at you. I was deploying every sales tactic and strategy I knew and was going after it. And um, I happened to get on one podcast, um, and I'll never say the name of the show, but I love telling the story. Uh <laughs> Before I went on the show, man, the guy sent me 20 questions. And I thought, oh, that's cool. Nobody's ever done that for me before. And, you know, preempted me with all these lists of questions. So we get on the show. And he goes, question one. And so I answer, right? Question one, you know. Then he goes, question two. And I answer. And then he goes, question three. No, about no that, feedback or anything nothing, like that? Nothing, nothing. And I'm getting to that point where I'm like, okay. All right, he's going to keep doing this. And so <laughs> me being me, I started asking you questions, right? I started, you know, uh, I'm like, tell me your story. What are you into? How did you get this going? Trying to get, you know, the feedback. And he goes, 
question four. <laughs> and she went through 20 damn questions without like a conversation. And I thought, man, if this guy can have any sort of success in, you know, with a podcast, I'm in. So I launched my first show um, and uh, it went seven shows before I shut it down. Um, and the reason I shut it down was uh, I, w- I immediately out the gate was taking the same path I did when I started my business. And I was I was in this you know employee mindset. And so I had no vision. I had no trajectory. I had no you know, idea of what the show was going to be about. And, you know, I did the right things. I hired a coach. I, you know, I hired somebody to help me with the audio, the engineer and all that stuff. And they did an amazing job, but I couldn't tell them where to take the show and what to do. And so I shut that show down, brought it back in house and I launched it myself. Okay, real quick, you've mentioned that twice now that you went in with the employee mindset. So, question number five: um, <laughs> Like, what changed in your mindset from the employee mindset to get to having a successful podcast? Or what are some of the traits you had to change? Yeah, you know, the biggest one is how I was acting on a daily basis. You know, I was very much. Well, now I run my own business, so I'm I'm an eight to fiver, man. There's there's no reason to work any other hours. So I was working nominal hours is one, but two, I was task oriented versus vision oriented. Okay, you know, I I was constantly looking to do things, um, not necessarily create things and put things on you know through a process and a trajectory, and so um, I was like the monkey in your picture you know, all over the place with no direction. So when I launched my second show, which is the one that's found all the success now, is I I started off with the entire vision of I grew up in the self-help books and, you know, self-help speakers and courses and, you know, um, and the biggest common denominator in listening to all all those stuff and going to those, you know, shows and everything was... I was more inspired by the story of what they overcome or what they overcame than than the work than what they were teaching. Okay. So I knew starting the second show that I was going in to hear stories from people all over the world about what they overcame to use it as a tool to teach others how to overcome and continue to go big and loud in their life. And interestingly enough, it worked. I mean, uh, having a real vision and focus and then building very specific processes. You know, the number one question I'm getting from people right now is how did I grow my audience? Yes, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we'll, I mean, I'll, I'll walk you through it all. I mean, I love it. Um, but, but, you know, and putting the real processes in place to run a podcast like a business. Now, I also had the understanding going into that podcast that 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 I wasn't doing it to make money. You know, I was going to do podcasting to be the tip of my marketing and sales funnel, but I wasn't going to do it to be a revenue source. Now it is a revenue source for my company, but not in the traditional sense of the way people think about it. So, um, and I mean, but that was the biggest shift was I had to quit creating a job for myself. And I had to start thinking like a CEO, which meant, you know, very specifically outsourcing key things that I didn't want to do, like editing the show, you know, uh, outsourcing, you know, some of the scheduling stuff and putting processes in place where I could find people that wanted to come on the show. I mean, a lot of people I, I don't understand struggle with finding guests for the show. And that's the easiest thing in the world for me. And, you know, but. It's because I have a very systematic process to pull that off, and I just do everything as I did in sales and apply those same principles of having the right behaviors in place and doing the things, you know, the right things on a consistent basis, and I, you know, apply it to the vision of what I'm trying to create on a regular basis, and it works. Because um, most people, when they do anything. You know, they shoot from the hip and hope something sticks. Yeah. Man, I don't care how much shit you throw against the wall. It's still shit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, um, 
And, you know, something that I've just been embracing for the last six months of my business is, look, dude, if your business sucks, it's because you suck. And uh, that theme has kept me moving forward. And, you know, I'm still learning to be a business owner. I got a hell of a lot to learn, but I'm getting more into what an entrepreneur is supposed to be and moving beyond the business that I've created and being just a business owner. Okay. Um, I think most people that are calling themselves entrepreneurs are really just business owners. That's where I'm at. I have one business really that I run, right? It's Success Champion, and there's some offshoots that come out of that. Real entrepreneurs are your crazy assholes that, that you know, are starting multiple businesses, are constantly coming up with new ideas, and they're badasses at putting real teams and people together to run those multiple things. Their, their fun and joy is the start. Their fun and joy isn't necessarily the continuation of. You know, They'll spin it off. They'll sell it. They'll do something. But they're constantly creating that new business, and that's the game changers. Most of us, myself included, um, are business owners, and we're trying to get to some level that we feel comfortable running our, whatever we do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, like, are you – what what are some of the switches like in your mind or that you are flipping to try to move from the business owner to you said starting to do more of the entrepreneurial stuff? Um, you know, part of it is investing in other people and investing in other processes. I my company still functions in the thought process that if I'm not here, nothing happens, and that's a business owner. A business owner has to sit in his business 24-7 to make it work, make it functional. I am trying to put in processes and people and things that allows me to step away and go do what I'm really good at. But the way I built my business is I'm the the lever that makes everything go. You know, uh, I found out when I, you know, gave a, a speech, you know, last year in Ireland. And when I left, my company shut down for two weeks. And that was a real eye-opening moment for me because I realized – that's when I really started realizing I was, I was creating a job for myself and not a business. Interesting. And, you're right, and, and not becoming an entrepreneur. Yeah, that, that's huge because especially when you have something like, say, a podcast or like when you are the only coach – for something, you know, it's like, yeah, you kind of have to be there. I can't really have like uh, just one of my friends do my podcast for me <laughs> and expect the same results, you know. Uh, but I could see that with just being a business owner, there's like not necessarily passive income in there, or yeah. there's not necessarily, um, I don't know. Um, somebody who could step up and run your spot for a minute is that kind of the main difference or yeah i mean it, it's that and it's more i mean so think about it you know if you're just a coach right and, that, and that's your, that's your only business or just a podcaster you can literally be the guy that goes and finds all the people to be on your show you can be the guy that does the actual interviews you can be the guy who does all the editing you can be the guy that does all the marketing. You can be the guy that does all of the outreach. And that works. It absolutely works. But that's a job, right? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, uh, and if you're not there, then you have to go do a ton of pre gaming, meaning a ton of additional interviews and everything else. And that's what I did before I went to Ireland is I recorded about 20 more episodes than I traditionally would because I run a daily show. And, dude, in doing that, it was exhausting. But even in Ireland, you know, I had to log into my account, you know, <laughs> and get the podcast, make sure they were set up, make sure they're out. That's what I mean by being a business owner is you've created everything to function because of you. And, you know, now I'm at that spot where I've got somebody out looking for me to be guest on another podcast. You know, I do that some myself. I have somebody that completely edits all the shows for me. I have somebody else who, um, you know, uploads all the content and uh, the pictures. And, you know, I still handle most of the marketing distribution because that's something I really freaking enjoy. Okay. Um, and it allows me to have the interaction. 
In the same token, I've got you know the content company that I'm running where we create a ton of social content for people, and we got some cool ways that we do that. And I'm the face of that, but I don't do anything other than the initial outreach for that, and then it gets turned over to the team. You know, they are doing all of the you know content creating and producing and everything else, which allows me to go out and do what I'm good at, and which is flap my gums, look pretty, and drink a lot of rum. <laughs> there you go, man. <laughs> there you go. So, <laughs> sounds like a good job right there. Um, I enjoy it. <laughs> so let's talk about your content uh, company here, sure. real quick. I was like doing a little looking online see what you do uh it seems like it involves like uh interview a like video shoot of some content or what could you get a little bit more polished description of it than my rambling yeah (laughs) that's actually pretty good man um you know what, what as a business owner what happens quite often is you're always thinking about the business right you know you're always wondering What's my next move? How do I get revenue coming in? What invoices do I have? You know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, so you don't necessarily sleep very well. Um, That's why I'm back revisiting the book, The E-Myth, to (laughs) help me change that mindset again. But um, uh, one night, 3 o'clock in the morning, I sprang out of bed and went, son of a bitch, that's the answer. And what I realized is I record all my podcasts via Zoom. I absolutely love Zoom. I'm going to bust your chops about Skype all day long. Oh, but- no, I actually really <laughs> don't like Skype. So I'm always looking for oh, a uh, an alternative. I've been trying to – not to derail you from your point, but Skype typically always cuts out at me. I'm actually sitting oh. right next to our router here, our, wi- our Wi-Fi router. <laughs> so I actually have a good signal today. But oh. uh, that's why I'm like, oh, I want to try to do like Skype – live Skype interviews and stuff like that. I'm telling you, switch to Zoom. It'll be an absolute game changer for your company, Um, for your podcast, everything else. Audio quality is better. The video production is better. Everything about Zoom, in my opinion, is better. And, you know, I've got 156 shows out there that way. So um, uh, it it does really well for my show. But um, that 3 o'clock where I popped up and was like, that's it, because I record the video side of things. Now, I don't release the video side of things out to the general public. Um, I'll probably get to that point someday and up my YouTube channel some. But uh, I realized that every time I interview somebody, I'm sitting on an hour's worth of content. I mean, that, that's what we just recorded, yeah. an hour's worth of content. So I put together a team of videographers, graphic designers, copywriters, and uh, audio engineers. And what we do now is we offer every guest that comes on the show, you know, uh, that for $997, we'll take that interview and turn it into a ton of social content for them. So we'll pull me out of the videos, zoom in on them, and we'll add their logos, we'll add music, we'll add intros, we'll add outros, and we'll do you know 30-second videos, we'll do five-minute videos with YouTube, put music to it, you know, and it's all them. And what's cool is they're talking to me now. So when they're the videos are, are in post-production and they have them, it looks like they're talking directly to the audience because they're talking to me through the camera. So it's a really, really, really cool. cool process. And then from there, the copywriters step in and they write four blog articles. And then my graphic designers you know, get together and they produce a bunch of social graphics. Um, you know, I People bust my chops for calling them memes. But, you know, it's it's social images with quotes over the top of them that Fair come enough. directly from that from that interview. Right. Um, and that really started taking off. I mean, in fact, we we expanded beyond just guests coming on the show. And now we're working with a lot of businesses. And I'm surprised some of the bigger businesses that we're working with now um, that, you know, they have a CEO or they have somebody that needs to do some social content. And I didn't realize how much people struggled at creating social content. So um, now we're using the same mechanism of I'll go in and interview a CEO or I'll go in and interview, you know, I've done a realtor. I did a commercial property property management company. Um, I've done spas. And we'll just interview them to get their stories. And then we turn that into social content that they're using out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. 
And then I had some smaller coaches and things reach out to me. They're like, hey, you know, I can't really afford the 997 for, you know, this package. Do you have anything else you offer? And I, me being me, I'm like, well, what would you want? They're like, well, what if we just wanted a bunch of, you know, social graphics like on a monthly basis? So we put together a very small package of $47 per month. You know, we'll create five social graphics. You just supply us the pictures and we'll take care of the rest. You know, okay. we'll scour your website. Um, we'll scour anything that you got, your social media, um, pull the quotes out, add them in there. And every month you'll get five social graphics sent right to you uh, in your email and on a rolling basis. And we literally just rolled that out. And I've had awesome. seven small people. Uh, small well, individuals, small. <laughs> seven small, small people. people. Yeah, they're seven, like three so, feet tall. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, little people, you know. Uh, God, small people. Um, but we've had <laughs> seven uh, individuals uh, that you know. One is well, two artists, which is kind of fun. So I had a, a guy who does leather crafts, and I had another gal who does clay work. And they're both very creative, but they just don't have time to run their businesses and do some of the social stuff. So we were doing the project for them. I had a, uh, a, a private security and safety company come to me, and we're doing everything for them. That's awesome. Um, and you know, just other small businesses are are coming because everybody knows they need social content. They just either don't know what they should be saying out there or they don't know how to create it. And we're coming in to bridge that gap. Definitely, man. You know what I – from your description of this uh, service that you provide, what I actually like about it the most is recording the interview with them talking to you. So it's like they're talking to the audience because yep. you see so many like local commercials, especially like say car dealerships or whatever, where they're like not – conversational at all they're like right. talking like you can tell they're looking right at the camera and it's very awkward and unnatural for them but when you get like i've taken some voiceover classes because i really want to get into voiceover and oh, they didn't like, work for you you should go back and get your money back i know i okay. should i should damn but like one of the hardest things for me like i've mentioned this on the show is like i i have a seven year radio background all right so like i've done like commercials for like bands and shows like at third street live type thing like you know <laughs> but like a lot of people want the conversational read now yep that is hard for some people to switch into as a reading so when you're providing the service of the interview having that conversation where it's just like you and i talking right now that cuts out the the possibility of being unnatural yeah, and the, the other thing it does is I don't care what camera you get on. Well, not for everybody, but for a lot of people who don't spend a lot of time in front of a camera, you know, as soon as they're on a Zoom call and as soon as they're in front of a camera, whatever, they always have that nervous jitters, right? <laughs> so, so what I'm able to do because I just love interviewing people and getting their story out of them, um, I'm able to get them past to a point where they're past that nervous and we're just having a conversation. And then we get some phenomenal content out of it. And uh, I, my favorite thing is when people come back to me and they're like, damn, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe those words you know, came out of my mouth. You know, I'm going to use that quote forever. And I've got a couple of people that have sent me screenshots. And now the, the quote that we pulled out of their interview is like the signature of their emails, you know, um, <laughs> Because you know, once you remove the the nervousness and the emotional side of a conversation, and you're just having that real, you know, raw conversation, your passion comes out, man. And if I can get that passion going, um, it just looks more authentic, right? Yeah. And the video quality, you know, I've had people ask me, you know, how strong is the video quality? And I'm like, you know, it's as good as a video, a phone video. Um, you're not getting movie studio production type stuff, but you know you will. You're gonna get phone quality. You know we will add to music and intros and outros. You know uh, and things like that in there. But in this day and age, everybody's doing phone videos anyway, so it doesn't matter. You know. Yeah. You know so. And then, man, my copywriters on this are off the chain. Um, I call them my little wizards because I, I can't believe what they craft 
out of it. I mean, because writing is definitely not my talent. And the, the things that they craft just blow me away. And um, then, you know, of course, you got the graphic designers to come in and just create these badass, you know, social graphics. It's it's a lot of fun to put together, man. A lot of fun. It, it's the revenue source that saved my business. I mean, podcasting as a whole saved my business from going in the tank. Um, uh, but the content development company, I mean, I do get paid, you know, of course, for coaching. I do a lot of sales coaching yeah. still. But the content development company is what brought in the consistent revenue stream for the company and allowed me to stabilize everything. Very cool, man. Yeah, it's awesome that you ended up realizing that there was like a, a demand for that and were able to bring that into your mix of your business. Um, let's let's talk about your podcast itself for a minute. All right, I, I've listened to probably well, a handful of episodes, probably about five or so. Oh, and good. So you're you're responsible for my whole five downloads I've ever gotten. Thanks, I, brother. I yeah, yeah. It. I'm I'm responsible <laughs> for putting you in the top list of uh, you know iTunes and stuff like that. That's all you, me. You are welcome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You were those five that <laughs> put you over the top. <laughs> That's awesome. But one thing that I have noticed in your podcast is it's a lot of people who have like either had major obstacles that they have overcome to get to where they're going and become successful. And it it's never really like a cakewalk story. Right. It's like I listened to the blind guy that runs uh, carnivals. Um, there and then then on top of on top of that, you have like Friday episodes where you kind of <laughs> give a look into the mind of Donnie Bovine. Right. So, right. um, and you do it daily. What what keeps you going, man? What what keeps you like getting uh, these stories out? Man, two things. One, I, I love the stories. Um, and I tell everybody that you know I'm, uh, I mean, especially with the direction of the podcast now, is I'm I'm forced to get a little bit more selective with the guests to come on the show because the demands from the listeners are keep getting bigger and bigger. But, um. I'm still picking the guests for things I want to hear, you know, so I want to hear the stories. Um, you talk about the blind blogger, um, you know, and him telling his stories, you know, I, in, in his episode, you know, he talked very specifically about his favorite carnival ride um, <laughs> because they were carnies all through Texas. Yeah. Um, you know, and his favorite carnival ride was this roller coaster, and it wasn't because he could ride it. It's because he was blind, and he was such a mountain of a man. He was the only one that could pick up a section of this roller coaster, so they had to use him to put you know him to work. And you know, I just thought back to my times of being in carnivals. You know, I loved going to the games and everything else, but I never really thought about the people working behind the scenes. And here's this guy. One of his favorite memories is. You know, them picking up one side of this massive track all by himself and, you know, them having to guide him where this track and piece needed to go. And I thought, man, how many often through have I gone through my life and people have had to guide me where I needed to go through coaches and mentors? And, it, you know, I just get these weird epiphanies when I hear these stories. And so I get charged and energized by listening to to the people and what they've overcome. And what's funny is... I don't know, it was about a month back, I was writing, you know, as I often do in my journal, and I wrote down these words, and I went back and reread them, I'm like, that's it, I mean, that, that's that's the real thing, what I wrote down is sex, success, success, <laughs> well, no, it's on the mind now. Yeah, um, exactly, success um, with sex, yes. <laughs> successful <laughs> sex, okay, but continue. That was, my, that was my teen years, successful sex, all right, no, um, <laughs> Uh, uh, success is not about the things you do. It's about the things you overcome. And dude, when I wrote that down, I'm like, shit, there's my entire story wrapped up in a nutshell because the only way I've found successes in my life is about going through it and overcoming different obstacles along my journey. So in hearing all these guest stories and the things they've been through, um, and what they've overcome, has tremendously helped me on my journey to keep pushing forward because I'm like, shit, if they can do it, I can do it too. Yes. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's been a blast. 
That's awesome, man. I enjoy – I'm going to continue listening to your podcast as, like, time goes on. You know, new episodes come out. I might not be able to hit them all, but uh... – <laughs> You know, I, I, I get, you know, I've got 156 episodes out there right now, and people are like, you know, I've probably listened to 20, 30, 40 of your shows. I mean, uh, I, I do know I've got one gal that has hit every episode. Um, wow. That's, a, that's an she, accomplishment. She's she's got an hour commute to work and of course an hour commute home and she's at every episode and she sends me an email after every show that says man this is one biggest takeaway from this show you know so it's it's really really cool that is awesome um, you know but the, you know the, the Friday shows um, I knew I wanted to teach um, you know when I started this podcast as well so I wanted to use my journey and the things I was going through. And you know, document some of the, the the wins, the losses, and and teach. So you know, I, I love telling my story of going through Marine Corps boot camp, the things I went through. You know, I love teaching some of the sales stuff on there. Um, I love teaching you know list and processes and things. So I just use it as a a chance to give back. And interestingly enough, those Friday episodes is the number one thing that's landed me speaking engagements. Um, people have heard me share my story and the things I've been through and have reached out and asked me to come speak at different events. It's, it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun, actually. I, I've actually just started doing uh, solo episodes, or I should say solo episode, because at the time we're recording this, I only have one solo episode out. Nice. Uh, <laughs> but it's something that I've wanted to do, too, because I feel this way listening to yours. It kind of gets the listener closer to the host. It lets them in a little bit on what's going on with them instead of just bringing out things in other people. It's like, as a listener, you get that feeling that you kind of know them a little bit more than you actually do. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that's important. But that's really awesome that it's helping you land, like, speaking gigs, too. Um uh, you know, I I did a uh, I don't know a huge veteran speaking gig event not too long ago, and that was 100 uh, percent because of my boot camp story, um, and um, uh, and I'm not going to spoil it. So y'all want to know my boot camp story? Go listen to that episode on my podcast. Do you know um, what episode it is? Or it's called it's called embrace the suck. Um, embrace the uh, suck. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll look um, that up, and then I'll try to put I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Here. Okay. Um, but, but it's those type of things, you know, there's a lot of people out there, guys like Gary Vee and everybody else that are telling everybody, you know, you've got to share your story, um, or you've got to document and, you know, there's, there's some real truth to that. And then that's my way of doing that, uh, uh, on this ride is, you know, Fridays, you know, and I run, I have a, a, you know, private Facebook group where a lot of my listeners hang out and it's the same name as the show, but, um, a lot of my Friday shows come out of the conversations we're having in that Friday group, which is really, really, really cool. Okay, uh, that was actually going to be a question that I asked you. Like, if you're doing a show every Friday by yourself, I was like, wonder where do you get the content from? Yeah. What what type of information do you pull out of that uh, group? You know, like, so yeah, um, so it's it's really interesting. Is I've got a pretty eclectic following in there of you know people that have been come from several different portions of my story um, of, of life and different sales careers and you know different places and there are people from all over the world um, even some of the guests on the show hang out in the group and um, you know we talk about everything from sales to business to motivation to life I mean uh, I've People have shared the tragic things that they've went through. I've I've shared some of the, the tragic things that happened to our family, and you know, so it's a little bit a culmination of everything, and it's become very family esque and very welcoming and warm, and um, you know, people come from just all different walks of life. So it's fun. Is the group's grown large enough, and there's 500 people. I mean, it's not massive, okay, but 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 that they're posting their own content. And, you know, a lot of what I do is go in and add, try and add value to what they're putting out there. But in addition to that, you know, I'm looking at what people are asking and I'm looking at what people, you know, are, are, are saying. And, you know, a couple of weeks back, 
you know, somebody put out a post that said, you know, inspire me. And, you know, people put out a ton of memes and, you know, videos and all this stuff. And then that Friday, I did an entire podcast. I think it was called 10 Ways to Inspire Yourself. And, you know, uh, another one, somebody came in and said they were having, you know, trouble with social selling and, you know, generating business through social sales. So I did an entire episode on, you know, how to do social selling. Um, I've done entire episodes on traditional sales. Um, you know, I did, uh, of course, kind of my origin story, you know, once upon a time. And, you know, it's just cool feedback, you know, and it's the best way I've found that, you know, these are people who champion the show. And I call the listeners that listen to my show champions. Welcome to the family. Uh, Thank you know, you. and, uh, <laughs> uh you know, as as they continue to come in and the group continues to grow, the family just gets bigger, and it, it's it's very fun. You know, and every Friday in there after I'm done, so I record six episodes of the podcast every Friday. I start at nine o'clock and I go to three o'clock in the afternoon Texas time, and at three thirty every Friday, I then turn around and go Facebook Live in that group. And, you know, I get 20 to 30 people in there and we talk about, you know, what happened this week. I'll talk about some of the guests and, you know, they're really excited because some of the really big names that are fixing to come up uh, on the show with Eric Thomas, Ed Milet's coming on, Brad Lee, Brad Burton, you know, and, uh, you know, Chad Henning's episodes fixing to launch, you know, so they're really, you know, kind of geeking out over some of the stuff with me and some of the, the bigger names and stuff. But, man, we talk about everything and I... I, you know, really enjoy the questions and, and people reaching out to me and asking advice. And it's yeah. those type of things that, that I, I recall and remember. And that's what becomes a show. Like next week's uh, Friday episode is going to be all about sales because there was people. The biggest question they were asking me is, you know, how do you get to an influencer? Um, and, you know, to get them to represent your product. So I'm going to do an entire episode talking very specifically about how do you get your products in front of influencers. I will have to listen to that one when it comes out. And as you mentioned Chad Henning. Is that the former uh, football player? Yep, former fighter pilot, Dallas Cowboy, right? (laughs) Yeah, no, what's cool about his episode, and I'm excited to come out, is I didn't know that much about his military career. So we talk a lot about his military um, um, career before he went and joined the Cowboys. And, um, you know, and then, of course – me being, I grew up in that era when he played, uh, you know, with Emmett Smith and Troy Aikman and all those guys. Yeah. So, yeah, I get a, a, a little fun um, talking to him about, you know, hanging out with all those guys. And, you know, uh, and he even, you know, talks a little bit about, you know, that first time you walk out there with all these guys and you realize you're standing on the field with greatness uh, to that point where you realize, you know, it's you standing on the field. They're also standing with greatness. You know, it was, it was just a really cool moment. <laughs> that is awesome, man. Uh, yeah. So, with all this good advice that you've given and you give on your show, what would be some advice that you would give a listener that is either looking to start up a podcast or start their own business? Well, let's go with podcasting because um, I love podcasting so much that I actually created a free group. It's called So You Want a Podcast. So if they go to Facebook and they type in so, put a comma in, you want a podcast, this group will show up. There's about 120 members in it, and I am for free teaching how to get into podcasting. Every step, everything that I do. Um, okay. you know, And from how to get guests, how to become a guest on a show, what equipment to use, what you, know, you name it, we talk about it. Um, I do some lives in there and go through everything. I've brought in guest experts that, you know, uh, I'm not, the equipment stuff is not my strength. I have things that I like, but I've got some other people that really geek out on that, that are ever coming in there and talking. But, you know, I think in this day and age, so I just got done reading a, a, a report that in 2018, 200,000 podcasts launched. Okay. Right now in the marketplace, there's just over 600,000 podcasts. Wow. To put that in perspective, it was 4 million books launched this year. Podcasting is still on the grow. It's not even halfway up the bell curve yet. I still run into people that have never heard of podcasting. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you know, which blows me away. So you were that it, person up until a year and a half ago, right? Yeah, six months ago, seven <laughs> six, months ago, yeah. seven months ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so what I tell everybody is you should start a podcast. And and here's what I love telling people is we'll use somebody I love to pick on all the time and we'll say financial advisors because um, people just get annoyed that there's 500 million financial advisors around. I tell financial advisors all the day long, go start a podcast and here's why. Don't start a podcast that's about money or finance or anything else. Go start a podcast about something you completely geek out about and let's say it's fly fishing, okay? You'd have a financial advisor. He starts a podcast about fly fishing. Now – he goes through his local area where he can operate and you know help people with their finances and finds everybody who's geeks out on fly fishing as well. And let's say he happens to find a CEO of a major company that he would love to do their financial advice for. But when he calls up and says, I'm a financial advisor, he gets hung up on. Now, if that financial if that CEO geeks out on fly fishing as well, now he can call up and say, hey. I have a podcast that's all about fly fishing. I know you're into it. I would love to bring you on the show and talk to you just about fly fishing. And nine times out of ten, that CEO will take them up on it because they need a couple things. They need exposure, yeah. right, which podcasting is great exposure, and it's in a non-threatening atmosphere. So what happens is now that financial advisor gets an intimate hour with that CEO. So the next time – that financial advisor reaches out to the CEO, odds are he's going to take that call and say, okay, let's go have coffee. Yeah, or come yeah in and definitely. Tell, right? Because now you've already formed a bond and relationship. So, so literally in this day and age, you can start a podcast for 100% zero dollars. I don't recommend it, but you can. <laughs> <laughs> you, can go yeah. get, you can go get Anchor and record from your show and within – Two minutes, have a podcast out there that's on iTunes. I think it'll take a couple of days to get actually on iTunes, but you know you can do that. Um, but you're better off, you know, going and hosting it on Libsyn and getting all the stuff. And I walk through it all in, in that group. And I do have a course that is being built right now that that's teaching people everything like this because some of the people want to move faster than I'm teaching it in the in the group, but. Um, and I tell everybody in the group, you know, I have a team of editors. I have a team of marketers and whatnot that will help you produce your show if you want to go that route. Um, but if you just apply everything that I'm teaching in that group, you won't need my team. You can do it all yourself and outsource, you know, to your own people. Yeah. Uh, and it's fun. So I've got other successful podcasters in there talking. I've got... You know, a lot of people that are getting ready to launch their shows in there and, you know, it's fun. Um, you know, I put out a post a day um, that is 11 different ways to grow your audience and it just stocks step by step everything I do. And after I posted it, I remembered three more. Um, so I had to go back <laughs> and edit that post to add a couple more in there of ways to grow your show. Um, and uh, it's it's for me. It's I want more people that I can geek out with because when you talk to another podcaster, as you know, you're going to talk for the next hour about what you use and how you use it and, you know, what the oh, show's yeah. about. Who's your favorite guest, you know? <laughs> and I just want to keep getting more and more of those people together so we can all just kind of geek out together. It's 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 a blast, man. Definitely. And that's so you want a podcast, right? Yep. That's yep. That's a free group on yep. Uh, Facebook. Yep. Awesome, man. Awesome. So in addition to – I might actually, I might have to uh, join that and see because I, I do want, I, I do want <laughs> a on, podcast. Brother. I do want a podcast apparently. So, um, <laughs> Are you sure? I'm not sure. I, I think so. I think I have uh, – at this point when this is released, it will probably be about 150 uh, episodes out. So nice. I, I, I've done it a little bit. Uh, and that that's once a week. <laughs> so man, you've been in it for a while. Then Jeez, I started uh, Leap Day, uh, like on two, 2016 with Leap Year. So I started February 29th. Uh, I was like, what better day to jump into <laughs> it than Leap Day? You know. So I still have or a year and a half or so until I can actually say I, my show is one year old. One year but, old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know. 
That's awesome. So, That's awesome. Well, well done, bud. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn here. but you Oh, know. shit. Toot your own horn because I will tell you that most shows die before they get to 50. I, I saw some statistic like Gary Vee won't do your show unless you have at least 15 episodes. Like because like they're like if you get to 15 episodes, chances are a lot greater that you're going to get to 100 than if you're sitting at 7. But once you get past that point, uh, they're like, okay, you've been in it this long. You'll probably be in it for a longer haul. Yeah, I mean, podcasting's not easy. No. Um um it's it's a lot of work. It's it it takes a lot of discipline to to be consistent. And you know, people often ask me they're like, you know, how do you do a daily show? And I said, "Look, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I had to create a trap for myself." So, I set the trap of doing a daily show knowing it would have to force me to up my game. Um and before I even launched, I told people I was doing a daily show, and you should have seen the podcasters like, "Dude, you're crazy," you know. <laughs> uh, and some somewhere around, I don't know, three to four months into it, somebody told me about John Lee Dumas and him doing the same thing, and oh, so yeah. I went and checked out John's stuff. Uh, you know, and he's a former Armor guy, and you know, I've got my team reaching out to him to see if we can't do some crossover stuff. But, uh, cause I, I love what he's doing with the show and the entrepreneurs on fire. So, uh, and he seems like a good dude that I could probably go have a beer with. So, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's what I love about most podcasters is, is you're catching people with their hair down, right? They're not, they're not in their stage presence of all proper and everything else. I mean, right now I'm wearing a freaking flannel, you know, hair's all jacked up. You know, and because we're recording this on a Saturday, I brought a shirt in case you said it was going to be video. So uh, uh, I could, you know, go get my hair all fixed up. When you said it wasn't going to be video, I'm like, shit, I'm just going with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, real quick, like, I know we've talked a lot about it. What What's one thing that we haven't mentioned so far that you do to promote yourself? Um, I mean, I, I touched on it, but I do a lot of public speaking now. Um, and I, I always have, but now it's a lot more on people who are bringing me in to talk about social selling, um, and how to take everything you've done and did in traditional sales and apply it to, um, uh, online sales. And it, what, what's really interesting is it always starts off in the social selling aspect but it always goes back to traditional and what's interesting is in this day and age um traditional sales is actually working better than social sales and the reason being is not that many people are doing it so going back old school and doing cold calls you know works and i know the half your audience just cringed when i said the words cold called but yeah you know um it's it's really 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 easy to do that kind of stuff and so um i mean look if if you if you ever need to do a cold call here's a tactical thing you can do when you call somebody up have ammunition and what i mean by ammunition is go jump on their linkedin profile and go find something find maybe they're a part of a nonprofit. maybe they're um uh, a part of you know some sort of club or go out to google and do a file type pdf search yeah and then put the name in and the reason you do that is you'll pull up a pdf that has their name in it usually it's something they've written or an award they've gotten or something along those lines take that information and then when you do the cold call call them up and say this say hey you know I was just looking through LinkedIn, or I was just reading this article that you wrote, um, or I saw that you're a part of this charity. I'd like to know more about the charity and how maybe my company or I can get involved, or I'd like to pick your brain more about this article you wrote, you know, um, because this is my couple of takeaways. And what happens is, is you go in there and you start creating a conversation and a bond with somebody, and it it takes down the barriers and no longer becomes a cold call. Yeah. And that relates back to uh, what you were saying about the financial advisor starting a podcast on fly fishing. It gets you in that door as a fly fisherman and not a financial advisor. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. So very cool, man. So like you've been doing this for 150 some episodes now. Uh, What is a highlight or two that you care to share with the uncontained audience? Um, 
Man, I got two favorite episodes on my show, and the first one is Anthony Waite. And Anthony was completely homeless before he joined the Navy. And now, um, because of the Navy, you know, teaching him life and helping him grow up, uh, he's now traveling across the country doing a lot of speaking with kids Cool. that are going through a lot of the situations he went through. Um, so it's a lot of the inner city schools and um, things along that line. Man, and I just saw a video of him. You know, He's in, in a school very close to his hometown sharing his story. Um, the interesting thing about it is when we posted his show on Facebook, um, he got real raw and emotional on the show telling his story because this was his first time of ever sharing this stuff. And, you know, people from his hometown had two different reactions. Some people got pissed off. Um, They're like, our town is not that way. It's not that bad. Then the other side came to it, said the town's 100% that way. This is exactly, you know, the area we grew up in. So it was (laughs) – Is it it a small town? um, Yeah, uh, ish. I mean, it's it's, it's an inner city town. Okay. you know, so it's it's definitely he definitely grew up like I did on the rough side of the tracks. But you know, he just shared you know his gangish you know type of upbringing mm. and how rough it got, and you know, if he ended up getting into a fight with his dad, um, and you know, it was it, it's a really really good episode. the The second episode that was really a highlight for me was Patrick Mudge, and. Patrick, that dude is a special forces operator. I mean, this guy is a badass, and he's he's tangoed and and been around some of the best of the best, the most elite military forces in the world. And on the show, man, it's the only show I have where I think I said maybe ten words the entire time because um, I didn't. I had a couple people say I didn't really need to get Patrick on the show, and I didn't know his story. I didn't know anything about him, yeah. so. I said, you know what? If everybody's saying I should get out of it, why don't you come on and share my share your story? And he's like, look, I've never shared this story before. I'm like, well, let's just do it on the show. And so I had no idea what I was going to get myself into. And shit, he man, he started off, and when he went, I, I there was no point that I needed to interrupt because he was in a flow. And you know, he talked about he had the pistol in his hand and was getting ready to pull the trigger, and his phone rang, and it was his old commander calling him to just do a, a you know a buddy check and check on him. And wow. brought it brought him down to Texas, and you know that one phone call literally saved his life. And uh, man, the things he's done now with his life have just been awesome and impressive. And you know the stages he's been on sharing that same story, um, you know, it, it's been really, really, really cool. And you know, Patrick and I have become really, really good friends. You know, we're doing um, some some business things together and whatnot. But it was really, really inspiring. I got one more shit. Okay. Uh, one more. Let's do it. Yep. Um, so Ephraim Matos. So Ephraim is a former Navy SEAL. And I do get a lot of veterans on the show, but the show is not all veterans. I just want to clarify that. Um, but Ephraim's a former Navy SEAL, and he volunteered to go back with no pay to help rescue the kids that are being you know, slaughtered by ISIS. And there's a video on YouTube that you can go find of him rescuing a kid on a mission and gets shot in the leg. I um, mean, you see everything. Um, oh wow! So, so it's so be forewarned. But um, and Patrick um, told me that you know he was friends with Ephraim and can get him on the show. So um, it's the only show I've done face to face. Um, I've done all my interviews, you know, through zoom. So, uh, Ephraim was in town. Um, he was just on the news, uh, for, I forget the major outlet he was on, but, um, I drove out to the airport in Dallas, um, to meet him, met him in his hotel room and we recorded the whole episode, but man, his story of how he grew up I mean, he basically grew up in a cult and, um, very religious sect. And how the he was basically ostracized, and his entire family was ostracized, you know, from that that religious sect because he wanted to be a Navy SEAL. And um, you know, then him walking through that story, and the moment where he really talks about you know that particular scene of being shot in the leg and everything else was, I mean, it was it was tough uh, even for me to to hear him tell the story. 
And the awesome thing about that is he's now turning that book's becoming a movie. Um, and Clint Eastwood's going to be directing it. Um, oh, wow. The guy who did American Snipers, the one producing the whole thing, or however that works, producer, director, I always get those backwards. But, um, uh, and I, I literally just sent Ephraim a text this morning just to check on and see how he's doing. And he's like, well, I'm on maneuvers uh, overseas till March, so we'll have to touch base when I get back in America. So he's still actively going over as an operator. Wow, that's helping crazy. Helping kids. Yeah, and, you know, that's wrote a awesome, book. but, you yeah. know, it's, Wow. And that's what I told him. I'm like, dude, keep your head down. But, you know, he's like five foot five, five foot nine, maybe something. He's not really a big guy. So I'm like, keep your head down. Well, don't have to worry about duck because you'll just fit behind anything out there. So I got to love the small jokes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, man. I have a couple more questions left sure, for you. Sure. It's been uh, great talking to you so far. So, um, yeah, just two more questions. So, question number seven. <laughs> um, what do you want people who listen to your show or come see you speak to take away and remember about their experience? Yeah, you know, the biggest thing, without a doubt, is I want them to understand that they have to go through it. Um, you know, I grew up with a mindset I didn't understand till later in my life that, you know. I always wanted to shortcuts. So if I played video games, I wanted the cheat codes. If I, you know, <laughs> did school, I always would go get the cliff notes. You know, if I did sales, I always tried to find the other way to not do it the hard way, you know? Yeah. And so I did everything the shortcut way. And what I realized later in life is I was depriving myself from learning experiences. Um, I wasn't learning to actually level up in my own life. So I really focus a lot on now is you have to go through it to become it. Don't, don't, in, in the words of Jim Rohn, don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. You know, I like and, that. dude, uh, one of the strongest speeches you'll see is if you go to uh, YouTube and you look up Peter Dinklage is who is <clears> – <throat> The character in Game of Thrones that plays Tyrion Lannister. Yes, I, I have actually seen that, I think. The, dude, when he starts talking about fail better, fail more, fail better, I mean, that's it. Is I love the fact of failing better, which means you're failing on purpose because you're trying new things and, and you're learning new things because I truly believe you have to evolve. The person you are right now is not the person you need to become to get where you want to go. You've got to get punched in the face by life to level up your game so you can start evolving and becoming something more. Um, and you know, I learned a lot of this once I opened my own company was I couldn't be the employee anymore. I had to up my game and become that next level version of myself. And what I found is when life gets tough, it just means you leveled up and you've got to learn everything over again. Right. And you've got to, you know, it's, I, Love correlated to gaming because I did it a lot as a kid. But, you know, when you get to a new level of any sort of game out there, man, you got to learn either the new spells all over again, the new equipment, <laughs> the new levels, the new whatever. Yeah. You know, that's the same way life works. When it gets tough, you just leveled up. you got to learn everything. So go get punched in the face. You know, it may take you six different times to figure out that portion of the level. But that's that's it, man. It is is go take it on the chin and keep moving forward. And my favorite quote in the world is by Rocky Balboa. Not about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can take a hit and keep moving forward. I, I thought I was going to be like, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone is actually one of my worst impersonations, but it's one of the most fun to do poorly. Uh, <laughs> well, you can do it poorly and still sound like himself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. I don't claim to do a good uh, Rocky, but I claim I have fun doing it. So that's yeah, a, that's all that's, that a, that's a damn thing right there. So I have one final question for you. But first, before we get to that question, it's been great having you on the show. I really appreciate you taking time out of your Saturday morning uh, to sit down and talk with me here on Uncontained. So before we get to that final question, where can people find you online? What is your corner of the internet? Oh, I, I was glad you said online because I was going to be like the post office, you know, wall with the pictures. You know, I'm, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, um, like don't, don't trust this guy. <laughs> right, right. Mail right. fraud. Um, <laughs> exactly. So 
I have three major websites that people can go to find more information out about me. Um, DonnieBovine.com is the first one. Um, that's where I talk a lot of, about my coaching and speaking and, and things along those lines. The podcast, you can go to SuccessChampPodcast.com, and that'll be all the podcasts that have been out there. And then for the content development stuff, you can go to SuccessChamp.us or excuse me, successchamps.us for their content development stuff. And we, and we split them off um, so we could get more focus and get people to the right area. And so okay. I didn't have this website with 500 different things on it. So, Is um, the podcast one success champs, plural podcast? Yes, success champs, plural, yep, right. plural, plural.com, and then successchamps.us. All right, perfect, man. Uh, what was social media, your Instagram? Yep. Instagram uh, is, is Donnie.bovine. Twitter is Donnie Bovine. Uh, the podcast Facebook page is Donnie B. Success. Okay. The Facebook groups are So You Want a Podcast and Donnie Success Champions. And then they're my main profile page is Donnie Bovine. I think I got 12,000 followers on there. Okay, sounds good, man. Um, now it's time for that, um, and I'll put all those. Let me. I remember my. You know what? I remember my first time podcasting. Yeah, me. <laughs> Today is mine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> damn it! I was gonna edit that out. Now I can't. Uh, <laughs> no, dude, that's the good stuff. You gotta leave that stuff in there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. Um, Damn it, now I'm distracted. Where the hell was I going? <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> okay, so um, yes, now it's time for that uh, final question, man. Uh, the title question of the show, Donnie. So, Donnie Bovine, how do you live uncontained? You know, for me, it's it's a literally about doing the things that scare the people of shit out of me. Um, you know, I have never been a follower. I've never been a guy that, that wanted to do the rules, but I learned early on, man. And if, if something scares me, then that's the thing I've got to go through, man. And, and I call it stepping into the flame because it's, it's at that moment when you face that fear and you get on the other side of it, that you become something more because man, that's, that's what overcoming is. As you go through, you're going to get punched in the face. It's going to hurt like a son of a bitch, right? You're going to get knocked down, but get back up and move forward and keep moving forward. And for me, man, I, I must like to get the shit kicked out of me on a regular basis. <laughs> I get my face punched in all the time, but man, I'm learning every day. Um how to do something more, how to do something better, and uh, maintaining a level of, of humility and humbleness uh, along that ride. So so step into that fire, man. Go face your fears and, and just watch. Watch what you become. All right, perfect, man. Thank you once again for joining me. I have one final thing for you to do. I, I thought have, that was a final thing. That was a final <laughs> question. That was oh, question oh. number nine. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I have all my guests sign off the show. Donnie, will you do me the honor of signing off the show today? Absolutely, brother. Man, I will tell you guys, this has been a lot of fun. It's an amazing show. Thank you for allowing me to sit along with my journey. I hope life punches the shit out of you and you keep moving forward. Unleash your inner badass. Go big and loud. And I'm Donnie Bovine, and I live uncontained. And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. That was Donnie Bovine. And yes, sometimes, sometimes you, you gotta get punched in the face by life to level up. I love that quote, along with uh, a few others that he had in the show. And uh, let me know what your favorite Donnie Bovine quote was from this episode. Hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and let me know. Uh, I will also be including some links in the show notes uh, to the Embrace the Suck episode that he talks about in the interview. So those links will be in the show notes. Make sure you check on those along with uh, links to his podcast and uh, contact information. So you can get you can get all up to date on Donnie's Success Champions along with all Donnie's links. So uh, check it out. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, people... 
And if you enjoyed the show, please take the time to rate it on iTunes, share it with a friend, tag a friend on social media that you think should hear this episode. Need that swift kick in the ass by a former Marine. So until next time, live uncontained.